Doom Patrol, Negative Man, Elastigirl, Robot Man. Someone wants the Doom Patrol reunited. Your every word and action is being broadcast across the planet. Now, Monsieur Mana! Well done, my Doom Patrol. Well done. It is too late for you, Calder. Your beloved patrol is doomed. Hello and welcome to Waiting for Doom, the world's greatest Doom Patrol related podcast where each and every episode we talk long and lovingly about something to do with our favourite superhero team, the mighty Doom Patrol. You sure do. I'm Paul. You can find me on Twitter at reading underscore Hicks. Uh, you can go to waitingfordoom.com, which is our website with amazing web type things there and things to look at. Um, you can email us at waitingfordoom at gmail.com and we're on Facebook and then all of our episodes available on iTunes, Stitch Radio, Pod, Podbean.com. And Spotify? Spotify? Yes. Yeah, we're on Spotify. Spotify. Yeah, through all the cool kids are hanging these days. Spotify as well. Yes, hello. Yes. I'm Mike. You can find me on Twitter at AvantGarv. Uh, you can reach uh, Wilfred, our sentient show account, on Twitter as well. He's at WFTPod. G'day, Wilfred. How are you? Hello, humans. And this week on the show, we're doing something a little bit different. Yeah. A little bit exciting. Yeah. We have a, another special guest joining us, but let's let's leave it a surprise till we get to... Of the Doom dude. Just say that you might want to have episode one of season two handy to actually watch or you listen. Yeah. 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 Or, yeah, you know, go and watch it if you haven't already. Yeah. yeah. Or something. It's a little, little bit exciting. Yeah. yeah. Or something. Anyway, Paul, how has your few weeks been since we last spoke here on oh. Waiting for Doom? Oh, lots has happened, Mike. Let me tell you. Um, Please do. <laughs> so much has happened. Uh, well, I've <laughs> I've started going back to the the cinema in uh, like Goulburn. So we've discovered the cinema has reopened. It's showing a few. Uh, a lot of things have been cancelled. You can't see uh, Wonder Woman. You can't see The Quiet mm. Place Two. You can't see all this stuff. Mm. But um, I took my son to see Jurassic Park, which is his favourite film. We saw it on okay. the screen, and yeah. we went to the movies. And he and I were the only people there. So we. <laughs> Wow. So social distancing at its finest. And yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. And we saw Tenant. Um, okay. It was my, my wife, my son, and I went, and right. we enjoyed seeing that film with two other people in the cinema. So, right. um, And <laughs> I quite yeah. liked Tenant. Um, my wife and son were very unimpressed by it. Um, right. My wife fell asleep, which was probably a relief because she was, like, so confused and angry by it. Um, okay. <laughs> Yeah, I've heard she got dividing the film, but things. Didn't yeah. understand all of it, so right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, and we went and saw Bill and Ted face the music last night with uh, oh, us nice. and three other people in the cinema. So yeah, <laughs> so it's getting not out. very busy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not very busy <laughs> nice. at the cinema, and um, yeah, the, the cinema staff are on JobKeeper. Um, okay. But they've they've only got two screens out of five running because. Um, no, four screens, because uh, the projector bulbs cost $2,000, and if one of them blows, it, you need to have about eight weeks' worth of people seeing films at this rate to pay for wow. it. Wow. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Wow. Okay. Mm. So I could go and see New Moons, but they yeah, not really feeling it. Um. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> that thing's been in development hell even after it was finished. Anyway. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, what about you, Mike? What have you been up to? Um, I got married a few weeks back. Uh, really? Went and had a yeah, yeah, I did. Uh, you may I would have remembered there. that if I'd been there. Yeah, well, mm, yeah, pretty sure you got to view it in a different manner, thanks to modern technology. 
I did. Uh, I watched your wedding on uh, Skype. Yeah. Skype now. Yeah. No, Zoom. Was Zoom. Zoom. Yeah. Zoom. Yes. Yes, I, yeah. I know you were watching because uh, we had a camera set up near the front of the church and I got a text message from you just as the ceremony was starting saying, wave at me. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> um, I, I don't know if I want to do that at the start of my <laughs> wedding ceremony. So I knew you were watching. It was a little bit creepy, you know, when you say it like that. Anyway, uh, yeah, so we got married. Uh, Carly and I had a very nice, uh, relaxing, enjoyable week on the Gold Coast, um, which meant that even with, you know, quarantine lockdowns and stuff, we were still able to get away somewhere nice. The Gold Coast is, uh, for those that aren't aware and living overseas, is um, uh, like a, a beachside city. So, you know, uh, you can, lot, lots of beachside buildings and apartments and, you know, um, lovely weather while we were there. So it was cool just to kick back and do very little of anything for a week. It's the trashy Vegas of Australia. Yeah, yeah. It's It's kind of like... Vegas and I, I guess Miami, um, all rolled into mm. one. Yeah, yeah. It's not noted for its intellectualism. <laughs> <laughs> Meow. Um, no. Yeah, no, no, no comic stores there I could find either. So, or, mm. or to, to be fair, I did find listings for comic stores on the Gold Coast online, but when I looked further down, it said, "Oh, this is an online only." retailer or this retail place is permanently closed and i'm like well why are you still listed online yeah, yeah. anyway i did manage to find a decent bookstore that sold comics and graphic novels and that so i'll get around to that um shortly so yeah I, i've actually read some comics just the other day for the first time in weeks so that was that was cool you read anything good of late Ooh, um i've been reading a lot of convergence um oh imagine that yeah, this is for an upcoming DCOCD, but I, I did the thing where I um, got a VPN and then pretended to be American to get DC <gasps> Universe. And, um, Scandal! Yeah, so I've, um, I've subscribed to DC Universe, and they've just announced that it's coming to the rest of the world in the future, so yes. uh, summer next year in America. So, um, yeah. so I guess we've got about nine months to wait for that to happen, but I'm not waiting. I'm using the app now. And it's it's really good. The, the only frustrating thing is through the VPN, I can only access it um, on my web browser. I can't download the app um, to, oh, to okay. everything. So there's a little bit of clunkiness there, but um, it's saving me a fortune because there's so many Convergence comics to read. Um, mm-hmm. And I've also been doing a little reading along with um, Batman and the Outsiders podcast, The Outcasters, that oh, okay. uh, Ashford and Tim are doing. So um, yeah. I've been reading up Outsiders, which I've never read. There's a real blind spot for me in the early 80s of um, mm-hmm. DC. So, yeah, there's, I'll never run out of stuff to read on that. I, must <laughs> I actually read some manga for the first time in a long time. Um, what? I know, I know. I, I, I don't know. I, I get the, the emails from um, the Shonen Jump. I think I signed up for it ages ago and just never got round to reading anything on there. And then there was like a blurb about, oh, the wackiest chapter yet of Chainsaw Man. And I thought, what the heck is Chainsaw Man? So I read the first two chapters of a manga called Chainsaw Man, and it is insane. Really? It, it, it's, yeah, yeah, I know. Manga <laughs> being insane. Think? Who would think? Uh, basically, this young guy called uh, Denji, <laughs> he teams up with a, a chainsaw demon who was like this cute little looking puppy thing that has a chainsaw blade sticking out of his head. They both get killed, but to save them, the puppy, Pochito, I think it's called, merges its body with Denji. 
So now Denji has a ripcord sticking out of his chest, and when he pulls on it, his hands and his feet and his head turn into chainsaws. <laughs> And he goes, and so he becomes a demon hunter. With even though he's part demon now himself, <laughs> he, um, yeah. There's one bit where a, a demon has him kind of trapped, and when his body's being swung around, the chainsaw ripcord kind of swings up just enough for him to turn his head, bite on it with his teeth, and rip start off the ripcord, and then he goes on a killing spree. <laughs> with, just, and this is just the first two chapters. I'm just like, okay, I think I kind of like it. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, yeah. Chainsaw Man, everyone. Chainsaw Man. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to forget the title. No, no, no. It, it, <laughs> it, you know, it does what it says on the box. The man who is a chainsaw. So, yeah. <laughs> anyway, shall we go and have a look at what's happening on the Doom News Desk? Absolutely. Great. the TV show has been renewed for season three. Hooray! Yay! This was not much of a surprise because um, they had a a DC fandom uh, panel and I thought, what else would they be telling people? (laughs) And, you know, also there wasn't a fandom panel for Swamp Thing, which has been cancelled. So, (laughs) So there we go. It's coming back, which is amazing news. We're very excited by that. Season two uh, so far has been a delight to watch. and when I say delight, it's mean it's very traumatic and moving and upsetting, um, <laughs> with bright moments in between. Yes. Uh, but yeah, so that that's what's happening, and I don't think there's any other news. We're between comics. We are officially waiting for Doom in the comic world. Uh, mm. No idea what's coming next. But, well, um, the the trade collection of Weight of the Worlds will be out this week by the time this episode airs. Oh yes. So oh that, yeah. That's about yeah. it, really. Uh, yeah. And it completes the uh, Gerard Way. Trilogy of collections, sort of, sort of, <laughs> yeah, sort of. yeah. Well, with yeah. More, Milk Wars, there's a fourth, but yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. good to have that out. Um, but yeah, curious as to see what's going to happen next. Um, mm. Surely there must be some attempt to align a bit closer to the TV show at this point. I would say, but yeah, what do I know? There has to be. Come on. Okay. They've got a third season coming. I don't know anything. I don't even know what that ticking is that I hear. <laughs> Nicely done. I was wondering, wondering how you were going to get there. Uh, but yes, that is the one and only Doom Clock. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so as we look upon the face of the mighty Doom Clock, we can see that it has been just on 11 weeks since we had a new Doom Patrol book on the shelves, that being issue 7 of Doom Patrol Weight of the Worlds, which, as we just mentioned, will be out in trade paperback form this week. Um, I think it's due out September 22nd. But yes, we discussed the, the final issue of that series, issue 7, uh, back in episode 161 from July of 2020. And now the big question, Paul. Are you ready for the This Week in Doom Patrol History guessing game? I am, yeah. My pulse is under control. <laughs> oh, good. Okay. I'm going to roll the eight-sided die of doom. Uh, you only get a one, but because I'm feeling generous, I'm going to roll it again. Um, oh, you got five. Okay. Look, I'll add five, them together. I I'll, I'll, I'll add them together. I'll give you six. I'm in that good a mood. Wow. I'll give you six questions. All right? I'm only going to need okay. two of them, but yeah, okay. Oh, really? So you only want to use two. <laughs> so which... <laughs> All right. Question the first. 
Pest in the first. Um, uh, is this comic older than you are? No, this comic is younger than me. <gasps> okay. So that doesn't really narrow it down that much. <laughs> <laughs> Question the second. Um, is it from a volume that ran less than 25 issues? No, it is not. It had quite a lengthy run. No, <laughs> that, okay. that should narrow it down for you a bit. Okay, cool. Question is the third. It, is it written by a man or a woman? It is written by a man. A man? Okay, cool. Uh, question the fourth. Uh, question the fourth. Is it written by an American? No, it is not written by an American. Question the question third. The, fi- the fifth. The question the fifth. <laughs> right, sorry. Third. third. No, I've done three. No, no. no you, you've, done, two. you've done four. You know, you, you haven't oh, quite lived oh. up to you. I'll only need two, but, you know, so you're up to question five. I'll do the tenant thing when it starts going backwards, so this will be my third question now. <laughs> right. Question the fifth. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, you know, uh, is it higher or lower than 40? Lower. Is it higher or lower than 40? <laughs> that goes out for Tim and Sean and all the people yep. out there who love that. All the fans that laugh like loons when they hear that one stupid yeah. bit. <laughs> You're welcome, guys. You're welcome. Yeah, um, yeah it's, it's lower. Get my wife in here and high fiver. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is lower than uh, issue 40. Right, so you're up to your final question. All right. I got this. I'm feeling. It. Uh, is it issue thirty-three? You are so incredibly close. It is issue twenty-seven of Doom Patrol Volume Two. You are only six issues off. Uh, I don't think that's incredibly close. Incredibly close would have been, you know, thirty-one, <laughs> thirty-four. Yeah, but still, it's within half a dozen of across. You know. A large volume of work involving the Doom no. Patrol. No, no, I've let you down. No, right. I've let the fans no. down. I've yeah, let myself well. down. Yeah, yeah, you have. Uh, I've let the family down. Yeah, yeah. After this, you can go and sit in the corner. Uh, so going on sale for $1.50 <laughs> American on September 26th of 1989, with a cover date of November of that year, was Doom Patrol issue 27. That came out 31 years ago. Good grief. Whoa. This issue was titled, are you ready for it? The Painting mm. That Ate Paris. I know it. And was was brought to us by Grant Morrison, Richard Case, John Nyberg, Johnny Workman Jr., Daniel Vozzo, and Mark Wade. Mark Wade edited it. I completely forgot that. Wow, yeah. Uh, the story showed us the Brotherhood of Data, led by that rascally Mr. Nobody, stealing the painting from a collector of the occult and activating it by reciting a poem whilst in Paris, thereby trapping the entire city within the painting. We covered this issue and the entire painting that ate Paris storyline all the way back in episode 14 from April of 2015 with guest star Jessica Boyd. And it was... What? Yeah, I know. I was listening to that episode earlier today and my gosh, we sound so young. 
<laughs> so full of life. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and Jessica was so, sort of only just starting to get into uh, Doom Patrol at that time. So it was like, I think the second ever storyline she'd read of the Patrol. So it was good times. It was lovely stuff to, to hear that episode mm. again. And you can find that episode uh, over on WaitingForDoom.com if you go to Doom Dossiers and look up Doom Dossier Volume 2 Part 2. You'll find episode 14 right there. And that is it for the Doom Clock this week. So before we begin, Mike, what do people have to do? Okay, you need to go and either watch Season 2, Episode 1 for the very first time, or you need to go and queue it up on your media player of choice so that you can join along in what we're about to do. Annual Halloween party cancelled. Haunted House shut down this season. Then come to the house party that no force can stop. The house of Frankenstein. The Supermates are throwing their annual bash no matter what and inviting some of your favorite horror stars. Lon Chaney Jr. Anyone who enters here without my permission will be considered a trespasser. Lionel Atwell. By heaven, I think you're a worse fiend than your father. Christopher Lee. Don't use long words, Inspector. They don't suit you. Evil and anchors. We haven't been able to contact Count Alucard so far. Peter Cushing. I told you before there are times when you shouldn't be alone. Bela Lugosi. He's mine. He don't belong to you. You go away. Barbara Shelley. There have been seven murders committed in the forest of Bandorf in the past five years. Basil Rathbone. But of course I know who did. Haven't you heard? The monster. <laughs> Kiefer Sutherland. Maggots, Michael. You're eating maggots. How do they taste? And Boris Karloff. <laughs> Plus a few party crashers. Notice anything unusual about Santa Carla yet? No, it's a pretty cool place. If you're a Martian or a vampire. And some amazing friends. Dragon thing. Let them take care of your friends, my dear. <laughs> I'll take the robot, you take the wolf thing. Good. I've always had a way with animals. So RSVP to fireandwaterpodcast.com, iTunes or Spotify, and don't miss the one Halloween party you can count on to be scary. In a good way. Not the 2020 way. The House of Frankenstein. Now it's the part of the show that we call Doomsplaining, and we have a special guest with us today, Shoshana Sachi, who's, uh, what's your title on the Doom Patrol TV show? Let's get this right. Uh, well, this year I'm a executive story editor. Um, wow. I was a story editor on season two. Okay, nice. and that means you're in the writer's room, you're part of uh, planning the seasons and all that sort of stuff? Oh, yeah, yeah. I just, I'm, I'm just one of the writers, basically. It's just um, different... Um, titles for depending on how long you've been in TV in the TV mm. writing space. Yeah, fantastic. So, congratulations on season two. It's um, just made it to air in Australia, so we're uh, you know finally watching it, which is great. great. Yeah. <laughs> what are you guys up to? What episode are you up to, Paul? I know you're a little bit further ahead than I am. I have just watched uh, Sex Patrol, so number four. Oh, great! That's a, that's one of my favorite ones. So. <laughs> And, and I'm, that one. 
I'm at the start of Pain Patrol, so um, except I'm, I'm watching that with um, my my youngest son, who has lots of questions during every episode. So it's kind of like, <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of like, okay, let's pause it here, and then I'll answer your question, and then yeah. So, um, so getting through it a little bit slower than Paul at the moment, yeah. 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 But um, yeah, congratulations on getting season three in the in the news this week. So that's very exciting. Thank you. So, yeah. So uh, we don't want to spoil anything, but we thought today that we'd do a commentary track on the first episode of season two, which is Fun Size Patrol, which you were co-writer on. So um, shall we all get our programming ready to, uh, the program's ready to roll? Yes. <laughs> and uh, we've got a pause from the DC want? Universe logo. Okay, everyone ready? One, yep. two, three. Ah, the Warner Brothers logo. <laughs> it's always weird that we get the old-looking cyborg and not the new one in the DC Universe lead-in. Ah, uh, the intro. I can't believe how much I missed the intro music when it started up for this first episode, I was like, oh my God, I've missed this music so much. It's like, it was so weird. I know, it's cool how iconic it is now. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And, and no changes and, from the first season. No, I can't change it. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's so funny. maudlin and sad. Which is so fitting. It's so great. Yeah. And my youngest son, yes, the minute he hears those first few notes, he comes bolting out of his bedroom because he knows it's Doom Patrol uh, time. How old is he? He is 14. So he's, oh, he's gotten nice. well and truly into it. He's not into the comics so much, so I've got to get him onto those. But um, I think he really enjoys just how bizarre the show is, mm -hmm. um, which would be why he asks me so many questions during every episode. So. <laughs> Hey, Shoshana. Yay! <laughs> oh, dear. And uh, directed by Chris Manley, who um, was the DP on the first ever episode, the pilot. Oh, cool. Wow. Nice. Excellent. Oh, this is gut-wrenching, this start. <laughs> gut-wrenching, yes. But how good is Abigail Shapiro in these she's opening so, scenes? So amazing. She's so talented. Um, Ooh, I can't wait to see how like, famous she's going to become. Yeah. <laughs> I, I realize that we open seasons with naked butts a lot. <laughs> like, yeah. The pilot that was branding and then yeah, season yeah. two. And then later on as the season goes along, we have killer butts. So, yeah. <laughs> 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 but yeah, just oh dear, those holes in the curtain. Ugh. Yeah, this guy's amazing. Such a good character actor. Yeah, he's, is he English? Do you know? Yes, he is. He is English. That's good. He does a good accent. <laughs> <laughs> Abigail, I'm, I'm oh, amazed at Abigail's accent. Like oh, dear. And just because we only saw the back of Dorothy at the end of season one. Mm -hmm. And then 
to see her, you know, with the camera directly on her in these openings, it's just so spot on from the comics. It's just, it's such fantastic work. And then to hear her talk as well, it's, oh, it's yeah. gut-wrenching, yes, but it's it's so well. You you mm-hmm. you guys knock it out of the park every episode, I have to say, and, oh, and this you. one particularly, yeah. Yeah, I loved um, what the makeup department did with uh, Travis did with her makeup and her mm-hmm. prosthetics. It just looks so good. Um, and Abigail's a trooper for like being in that makeup, like I don't know, sixteen hours a day. Oh wow! <laughs> Gosh. So, what do you call this um, critter on the set when on on the in the script? Um, that it, what we call him the Manticore. Um, he, and, uh, so because of Manticore, um, Abigail calls him, I'm sorry, uh, Dorothy calls him Manny. Manny, right, mm-hmm. yep. Right. Such an impressive suit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know what's happening now because I've watched ahead. <laughs> oh no don't don't whip the giant killer monster <laughs> bad idea yeah yeah in the history of bad ideas that's one of the worst <laughs> oh poor Dorothy oh, dear, it's the candle maker very primal voice. Was that? Um, did you want to make it less articulate than the comics view? Or yes. Yeah, so um, I don't want to. Well, it's not really a spoiler, but um, as the season goes on, he becomes a little bit more articulate. Um, mm-hmm. it's right. So based around like it, it, it's to do with how he's kind of growing and his right. influence is growing. And also Dorothy growing. Mm. Yeah. Oh, she's made a wish. (laughs) Blowing that candle out. (laughs) This this scene here where we can't see what's going on out there, that's so scary. (laughs) Just seeing her reaction to what she can see, but we it's so well done. It's very horror, Mm. horror movie. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And Abigail, like, all you need is just Dorothy's expressions through this mm. and you kind of feel the same horror. That's it. <laughs> there has to be the guy with his body <laughs> CGI'd I, out. It looks so good. It, it's funny because that head is made. It's like a prosthetic he made. It's a sculpture. It's not. Wow. Wow. So wow. wow it looks. Our props and, and I, I believe that was made by makeup, though. Um, okay. Yeah, they're incredible. But yeah, I thought his like his body, you know, he'd be resting under the floorboards or something. But no. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, oh, it freaked there's... him out a little bit when they walked in with the with the <laughs> Oh, there's Niles. <laughs> dun dun dun. <laughs> <laughs> so we get the impression this is some sort of ritual that Dorothy does every morning, just. Um... <laughs> Keep things under control. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's a little good morning routine. 
mm. as she talks to her friends inside her head. Yeah. It's like the complete mirror image of what we just saw. She's still surrounded by, you know, <laughs> sheets and that, but she's in a completely happier place, whereas before it was all, you know, seven heads and flames and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and it's... it's <laughs> Totally, like, it's, it's strange, but also it kind of shows you that she's a little girl. Mm. And, um, it just paints, like, a view of her, you know, her mind and, and how she operates and how she's really sweet and innocent. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and she really is a fan of Cliff's pretty words. <laughs> 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 Who is it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. This must have the most swearing in an episode so far, this one. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like more from like even last season, maybe. Yeah. We'd have to do a calendar for season one as well. <laughs> oh, Cyborg, that costume's great. I'm glad you think so. Um, I love it as well. I love the, mm. uh, like, the fact that our Cyborg is kind of like in process just before like the Justice League kind yeah. of style. Yeah. Yeah. I love how Rita's using... I think it's a brush. Spaghetti figures. Spaghetti a figures. But yes, I love that she's using her powers more this season. Even in just the first <laughs> couple of episodes, it's just like, oh, yes, I love it. <laughs> I'll keep watching this season. Oh, look, I, I will. I, I have, they've released all the episodes over here now, so I'm definitely going to binge through them now. So. Oh, okay. And, oh, oh, now I will have to rewatch them with my son. Oh, what a, what a chore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I love the great model. Of, uh, I wonder what he'll think of Sex Patrol. Yeah, he, he might leave the room for that one, maybe, because <laughs> I've seen a few clips and uh, uh. I've heard a bit of what happens. So we'll see what happens. I love the fact that we're we're reusing Cliff's um, model race car track as their new mm-hmm. home. I guess for the that's so clever. It's it's so well done. And and Larry cooking tiny little pancakes. For <laughs> oh Larry, he's so missing out on <laughs> Scalpeling the butter off. <laughs> the dropper of syrup. They would be so cold by the time they got to the t- Yeah, because they're so small. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, the, the big pancakes like that you'll see later, um, mm. they were actually edible. They're pan- actual pancakes um, that okay. had to be made, made in a pizza oven. <laughs> wow. I mean, I mean, these are two. They're just tiny, itty-bitty pancakes. These sets are great with the matchstick mm. uh, tents and. Mm. And of course, the kitchen is brand new to this season. We didn't have a kitchen last season. Oh, okay, oh, right. yeah, yeah. And I absolutely love it. I think our um, art department's just so crazy and talented. It's not a small set, is it? No, it's huge. Yeah. Do you get to hang out on set much, or? Uh, yes, um, obviously with COVID and everything right now, um, I don't know what the future of um, us writers going to set will be like, but uh, mm-hmm. for season two, I was there every time um, I wrote on an episode, basically. So I was oh, there fantastic. for episode one, episode five. Yeah, I think that was it. And then season, uh, sorry, that was season two. And then season one, I was there 
a little bit more because I had a few more, a few more episodes. So, mm. love the giant weave on that blanket that Rita's wearing. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny they're all dealing with uh, the re- revelations of last season in different ways. Like Jane's gone very, very quiet, whereas Cliff is hyper aggressive. And Rita just looks kind of stunned by it all. Mm. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting because, um, I mean, with Rita and Jane, they they have kind of a longer history. Um, so does Larry, a longer history with Niles. So mm. yeah, with kind of the re- revelation that he was behind their accidents, it's also like dealing with, well, but you still kind of have this relationship with this guy who... Mm. It's like a father figure, so there's love there. So it's kind of just trying to figure out, you know, the the intricacies of that. Whereas Cliff, mm. I think he is a little bit newer to his relationship with the chief with yeah. Niles. Yeah, yeah. And Niles seems to be playing the victim a little bit this <laughs> in this setup here, <laughs> like yeah, trying to make them feel sorry for him. Yeah, in his mind, it's like, well, I did it all for my daughter, right? Yeah. You know? um, yeah. And I, I'm sure, I mean, you're a parent, Mike. You you know, you go to the ends of the earth for your kids, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's, mm. it's that moral gray area. So did that sort of come from the comics, the fact that the comics have been running for so long that it became an idea to make the characters so uh, long-lived? Uh, I don't think it came from the idea of the, the comics being long run. I think um, like Jeremy is just a huge fan of like different decades and especially like things that are like lo-fi and just thinking about okay. these characters as kind of like who they are as models. I think it, you wouldn't find a Rita Farr in 2020 necessarily. She'd have to be from the 50s yeah. kind of thing, you know? So, um, and also makes the show a lot, a lot more interesting where you dip into flashbacks and so you always get like a different texture, a different tone, different, you know, settings uh, when you go into flashbacks. <laughs> he goes Cliff feeding the rat. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he's really I carrying a grudge from the last series. <laughs> yeah, he's not over being swallowed by a rat. <laughs> Or, or having a rat mucking around with his insides. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Cheese delivery. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this next bit made my made Lachlan, my son, laugh so much. <laughs> <laughs> yes, squeak, squeak, <clears throat> indeed. <laughs> Wow. And he's keep got the tally. That's hilarious. <laughs> but the underground. This looks amazing. Like it, you know, it's way yeah, too it's big to be a set. Everything's shot in Atlanta, and thankfully they have such a different kind of different areas, different typography. Typography. So. Mm-hmm. Um, you can get all these different looks. So, so good, this uh, hammerhead lady. Yeah, I love her. 
she um she's amazing she's so strong she um can kind of do a lot of stunts and everything she's super fit and she um is she during season one she was going through cancer treatment and uh now oh. she's in remission um and yeah it's wow. amazing yes. who's that with the red boots that oh, is scarlet Harlot. yeah and the one on the other side um, I think they're oh, pink leg warmers. The pink leg pink, warmers, oh. that is Split. Oh, um, okay. Right. And cool. Split is standing with Secretary. The red, like, um, fishnets and lingerie, that's Scarlet Palette. And yeah. she's standing yeah. with, yeah. Um, uh, oh, God, her name escapes me right now. Polly something. Jane sort of realizes she can't be as aggressive with Dorothy as she is with everyone else. No. <laughs> oh, she's so heartbreaking, Dorothy. <laughs> no. It's so Dorothy had... Um, that Abigail is... Um, I think she's 20, 20 or 21 now. Um, mm -hmm. no, I think she's 20, yeah. So, and But she captures like the little girl persona so well. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, she's, yeah, you wouldn't know she was 20. Mm -hmm. Yeah, wow. I, I love how she mentions Herschel and then I don't, I don't know if it's in this episode that it's revealed what who or what Herschel actually is, or maybe the next episode, but I'd love to know the story behind Herschel. <laughs> Herschel? Yeah. That is, um, that is pure Jeremy, the oh, okay. spider. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The spider who does knock-knock jokes. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> at first I thought Herschel, I thought the big spider was just like a spider from like the real world, you know, in the, in the room. Oh. And, then thought, <laughs> and then I thought, hang on a minute, that's a bit, too directed at Cliff when it, you know, yeah. kicks Cliff away later on. <laughs> oh, the tension between Niles. Yeah. <laughs> Never in my wildest dreams did I imagine that we would ever get a Doom Patrol TV show. Uh, but having Timothy Dalton as the chief still blows my mind. It's just, it's just insane. And he's so good at it. I mean, he's good at everything he does, yeah, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's really, really great at kind of um, towing the line between this, like, nurturing, soft-spoken um, guy who, like, only wants your best intentions um, mm. to being kind of uh, a maniacal scientist. <laughs> 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 um, and it's cool that you get those, those like, you know, colours and that, that texture in his performance. Um, mm. and he's not just, like, an arch kind of villain. Um, mm. It's cool that it's a little bit complicated. Yeah. Mm. It's I, very, I the, the ends justifies the means, but he, you forget <laughs> that he's like yeah. that all the time. Mm -hmm. I, I remember a scene in season one where he was giving them the household a lecture that he had to go and search for Stranger Things. And obviously he'd said it so many times they were, you know, mimicking it back at him. And he was like this caring dad. And then when he saw what they did to the town, like just the fury on his face when he got back, I was like, oh my gosh, he, he does it so well. Yeah. It's kind of like an angry dad vibe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, I love that Larry. Amazing. I love that Larry is building miniature furniture for them. That's so. <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah, he's making a little like dresser for a um, mm. little like makeup vanity for Frida. Yeah. Because yeah. they're BFFs. Yeah, yeah. And into the flashback. <sighs> My dad uh, just didn't really care much about what I did. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I relate. <laughs> <laughs> My, my dad was a little bit like this, where he's like, oh, you've done this thing. Let me show you how you've done it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. It's universal. Yeah. 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 It's always fun seeing Matt Bomber and, and Julie McNiven and going, dipping back into this. Yeah. Like yeah. flashbacks with Larry. This kid's so good. Nice too. retro set there. Mm-hmm. It's be so nice to be able to explore these sets, not just see them for glimpses like this. Oh, for sure. It looks like a full house when it, like an actual house when you mm, <laughs> watch yeah. it like this, and it's just like four walls. <laughs> yeah. Or it three was a walls. present, Larry. Oh my gosh. <laughs> what what one of the heartbreaking things about this for me is that while it's great to see that the characters are so long lived, they've got so many regrets that must just like it's I it seems like it's like there yeah, we can see here now Larry's regrets with his kids just weighed him so much even you know after all this time so it's it's all so heartbreaking all of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can imagine you know like they're also really kind of static people they mm. they just. Um, so when you have that long, you have like eighty years to think. Yeah, I can see why that might happen. You know, no, checking the painting still there. No <laughs> action from the occupants. Ah, Rita training. <laughs> she is so good, April. She's she's amazing. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> She's got such a different physical physicality to everyone else. <laughs> so, like, accentuating her gangliness and and even the the way in which April speaks as the character as well is very you know old school Hollywood. <laughs> you know, it's yeah, it's very off of her time. Hmm. Mm. Do you guys have a favorite character? Rita. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's I think because Rita was such a blank slate from the comics, I really didn't think mm -hmm. there was much, um, much there there. You know, whereas mm. in the TV show, you've got such an interesting backstory, and mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, her the struggle for her to control her powers it's i don't know it just really i found it really affecting and you know her powers can be so horrific when they're out of control that you know it's yeah, yeah. i just yeah mm -hmm. she's great and the performances are so good you know mm -hmm. but i'm um, cyborg was a real revelation 
Like, uh, I think yeah, we were all a bit worried that Cyborg was in the show because, you know, he didn't really fit. But, you know, I think it's my favourite iteration of Cyborg ever. Oh, there she goes. Oh, stretching her arm. No, not quite. But she's trying. I love that Rita's trying. It's mm -hmm. so cool. Yeah, I think she's a little bit further along than the rest of the gang right now where she actually wants to kind of do something with um, yeah. her power, which for so long she felt like was a disability, you know. Mm. Is there someone who's more fun to write than others? Let's <laughs> deal. People have so much baggage. <laughs> his dad. This is obviously life. before he was having having success as a um, driver. Yeah, right before. Right before. Baby in the belly. No mansions. <laughs> no. Nineteen eighty four. I was in year eleven. I would have been in grade three, grade three I think. I would be nine old years old in 84. <laughs> wow. I'm so old. I'll <laughs> stop it. So you can kind of see where Cliff kind of gets his attitudes from, his personality. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's awkward thing to tell someone. Don't come to our wedding, please. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Especially when they're your dad. <laughs> Not the Dairy Queen. <laughs> Yeah, there's not many hugs from this dad, I'm guessing. <laughs> Never. <laughs> Too much machismo in this family. Yeah. I love the black one. I really want to, I, I hope that we get to see more of them. <laughs> oh. I wouldn't want him coming back. <laughs> <laughs> she just wants to feed the rats, Cliff. Come on. More swearing from Cliff. <laughs> I love that there's a giant Ever Ready battery on the back of that car. Yeah, <laughs> I love it too. <laughs> it's so well done. Just something he rigged up. How much of this set existed? Is it uh, a bit of model work in the background, or? Uh, yes. For this driving scene, it's um, it's the model. Um, but a lot <laughs> of the like the sets like were actually built like um, the tunnel area, the mm -hmm. um, the like little repair mechanic shop that you see later, the tent area, that kind of stuff. The lover boy. Yeah, great music <laughs> choice. Yeah. Once again, it's all Jeremy. 
It's all his music taste coming through. <laughs> uh oh, flashback. Oh. Go. Oh. And darling, come home. Yeah. <laughs> ah, what the fuck? <laughs> 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 it's so quick. You're not really sure what you see when you see her. Yeah. yeah. She's pretty that, creepy. Even in the in the comics, she's very creepy. So. Yeah, and, and I'm amazed that she's been pulled off so well in in the in the show as well. Even just with that little glimpse. So. That original accident <laughs> scene with Cliff and his wife still makes me jump when it happens when they hit the yeah, logging truck. Yeah. It's really really sad. Hmm. <laughs> the precious child locked away for 90 years. Oh, Cliff. It's not Mince's words. So did she not age? Did she not age because she was in Danny land? Or? Uh, not because of Danny. Um, she, uh, you'll like learn this through the season. Um, essentially, she was kind of being kept um, young because... Part of like her relationship with the candle maker and stuff was kind of stunted um, because of uh. Niall telling her you can't make wishes, you can't listen to him, and stuff like okay. that. It's almost like his influence um, right. was kind of keeping her young. Niall's influence. <laughs> Movie night with giant popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> This is so messed up. <laughs> <laughs> Cliff. That costume is so great. That was made by the, um, the Super Suits team. It was so, so heavy as well. Like, really well yeah. made. So much detail in it. Because, yeah, we've, we've chatted with Riley and he's told us how, how heavy the suit is, you know, and, yeah. and how it is. Yeah. So to add a rat <laughs> carcass on top of that, oh my gosh. I love this scene. Yeah. So many places to go on a model uh, race car set. Yeah, once again, <laughs> I mean, this looks great. This looks amazing. Um, it really feels like you're inside a toy. Mm, yeah. so Willoughby Kipling that you have to humiliate yourself to <laughs> summon him. Especially if you are Niles Calder. <laughs> Timothy does it the so umbrella. well. Too. Sparkly. <laughs> I get the impression that Tim would just be like, oh, so that happens this week? Okay, sure. <laughs> yeah, he's always game. Like yeah. even in season one, when the um, with the whole like puking chocolate, he just loved <laughs> it. He absolutely lived for like physical comedy. Um, he's more game for like for stuff like this than I think people yeah. think. Yeah. I think this what, Herman's Hermit song is that? Oh, that smoke looks so good. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Shepard and he's filming it 
He's a perfect Willoughby, I think. Yes. We shouldn't have gotten yeah. anyone better. I have to say that, yeah, the casting is just spot on. Like, the, the only names I knew when the show was first announced was, like, basically Timothy and Brendan um, mm-hmm. and uh, and Diane. But it was all together. They just do such a fantastic freaking job on it all. They really do. It's it's like, I, I, I don't mean to sound like a gushing fanboy, but, yeah, you guys, everyone on the show, knock it out of the park every episode. It's so well done. Oh, thank you. Uh, yeah, even the suit being, actor, um, it's like Riley is so amazing. Matthew Buff is so amazing as well. Yeah. Well, I mean, we were so worried about what the show would be like and, you know, this would be the new versions of something we loved. But, I mean, it's honestly been so much better than I could have imagined. Mm. So, yeah. 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 And, you know, the show has so much to say about you know, trauma and disability and um, regret and abuse. And, oh, there's so much in it. It's so rich with those sorts of themes. And you don't take it lightly. I mean, the show has such, you know, comedic moments, but and but it's all taken very seriously. The You know, you, you're not diminishing any of these people's situations. Yeah, that's kind of the thing I love about working on the show is that you can... Um, write these little like this really really deep tragic stories um you can um kind of fall down a rabbit hole of like writing trauma and these Mm. deep relationships and then like you can also write like really silly like um monster butt scenes and stuff (laughs) yeah (laughs) roller disco yeah yeah Wow. This this bargaining the first, between Willoughby first mention and, of the necklace. Yeah, the, this <laughs> bargaining between them was so tense. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah, this episode sets up all the problems for the rest of the season really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dorothy's a ticking time bomb. Niles has got to, you know, consider his longevity to look after everyone. Yeah. Rita wants to be a superhero. <laughs> <laughs> look at the way she's marching along like that. She's just so determined. <laughs> Love it. Exactly what you would expect from Rita. Yeah, yeah. She is a Golden Globe nominee, I'll have you all remember. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Here's what's coming up for Cyborg. He's not coping with his pain. No. Yes, one season with the Doom Patrol was uh, enough. (laughs) 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 He's been put through the ringer. (laughs) I've just remembered... uh, my my wife was watching one of the season one episodes and she was sort of focusing on really going, why do I know that woman? And I said, Oh, I think she was in um, three and a half men. And she's yeah, like, yeah, Oh my God, was. that's candy from three and a half men. She yeah. couldn't believe it. She was like complete, <laughs> di- complete difference. There. Yeah. yeah. I, I love how Larry is trying to, give the negative being a bit of freedom as well. And he's like, oh, hang on a minute. Let's focus on some more tra- trauma from your past. 
<laughs> yeah, the negative spirit is like, oh, no, you don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh, it's funny. I mean, some people think that they're better off not being in part of someone's lives, and it's you know, it's like it's not, it's not a good call to make. You don't know how someone's going to be without you, or mm. yeah, exactly. Um, and Larry definitely thought that he was doing the right thing, but um, he just had no idea what was actually going on. Hmm. Oh, Gary. Gary. <laughs> Vodka and pills. That bone is so good. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. It's funny. If you want to look 50s, just wear a singlet under your shirt and let people see it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Daddy the Brick. <laughs> Who doesn't love this? Is I mean, just flipping Jane. <laughs> yeah. You never see this in superheroes. There's people just chatting, like superheroes just sitting around talking to each other about normal stuff like regular people. Well,. Normal stuff. As they sit yeah, as miniature yeah. people. <laughs> so, sitting as miniature people with their backs against a sentient brick um, and d- discussing <laughs> the strange little girl that's now living with them. <laughs> yeah, just normal conversation. <laughs> yeah. Love the way Cliff's sitting. Just looks... So just depressed. Mm. <laughs> What's his t-shirt this episode? Uh, I can't really see. I think it's the germs, maybe. Yeah, I think so. That's, that's the only oh, the kind of punkish, rockish band I can think of with those letters in there. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking chief. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> how they're both like, oh, look, you know, I, I know I'm not perfect and I, I'm weird, but holy shit, you know. <laughs> they're they're bonding, they're bonding, it yeah. Always, it always gets weirder. <laughs> what the fuck do you have to fuck to fucking get that? Yeah, <laughs> that's a classic line. I mean, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, busted. <laughs> oh. <laughs> You're a little bit further ahead than I am. shame of gossiping when you're both. Yeah. Uh, Do you want me to pause for a sec? Yeah, I'll pause for a sec. Pause. Unpause. Yeah. I've I've just had Niles wheel away from Cliff and James. Okay. Cool. (laughs) Take my cheese. (laughs) Uh oh. (laughs) 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> it gets a bit graphic soon. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. <laughs> What was the toughest scene in this episode to crack, do you reckon? Uh, in what way? Like um, writing or... Um, yeah, writing. What was the one that took the longest? And um, I don't know. It's hard for me to say. I think, I mean, the opening of any season takes a lot of work to kind mm -hmm. of put together, especially because you're setting, um, you're setting all these things up. You're also... Um, laying the table once more so that if people kind of click on season two, they're kind of they kind of know what's going on and they can kind of, they can kind of get to know the characters in this episode. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so there's a lot of like different things to to juggle. Yeah. Uh, and also just to reorient fans that are coming back. You know, this is what everyone went through, and this is where everyone is. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think my favorite stuff to write was was the opening with uh, Dorothy in the freak show. I think that was the mm -hmm. most fun, yeah. just creating that world. Shouldn't uh -oh. see a rat that close ever. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, this no. was like so much fun to be in because you just really felt like you were like tiny and in the wall and mm. there's all the detail there's that like socket behind Puss head and um, it's cool seeing it like like this now as well like with the little rat babies and <laughs> yeah. it's okay it's okay must be so exciting it's when you see finished effects that yeah, especially after like watching um, early cuts and it's all like clip art kind of mm. in there, <laughs> and then you finally see the finished yeah. product for sure. Uh, start running. I must be blown away by the quality of it. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, my, my wife walked into the room just at the uh, the crunching scene. Oh, no. <laughs> when we first watched this. And she was like, what the hell? I was like, it's okay. It's all right. I was, I was mirroring what Cliff was saying to Dorothy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this scene um, with Niles and, and Dorothy is just so heartbreaking. Mm. I love this yeah. moment. You can kind of see how much he cares yeah. about her. Yes, and, yes. And um, how scared she is. And... Yeah. What's in the tunnel? <laughs> My wife walked in on the scene where, uh, in season one, when Ezekiel and Admiral Whiskers were kissing. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, um, what are you into? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do we need to talk? <laughs> Oh. There was no explaining that. <laughs> uh. Yeah, I, I still don't know how many parents watch this show. <laughs> they're just they're just that my that big fans of me that they yeah. will stick through it. I yeah. I feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I'm up to many walking oh, out from the tunnel. Come. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love the juxtaposition of the car flying out of the tunnel and then the tiny car flying off the table. 
Oh, here comes Darling. <laughs> Uh-oh. The Relearned Candlemaker. <laughs> oh, John Spider. Oh, no, no. <laughs> 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 I, I love that there's like this real like look of terror in, in Dorothy's eyes whereas yeah. in, in season one with Mr. Nobody it was more like this weird comical threat whereas now it's like we don't well some people would not be aware as to what's coming and just the like when she's gripping her head there, the terror in her eyes. It's just yeah. Yeah, I mean, definitely, even from the comics, I think Mr. Nobody's a little bit more whimsical. And mm. then you've got the candle maker who is just pure, like, Lovecraftian horror. Yeah, yeah. It's sad that it all stops with a threat. Mm. Don't make me lock you away again. Mm. Oh, they're all so messed up. <laughs> well, but, you know. <laughs> They've got some issues to work out. Just a few, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that's why we love them. That's why I love them anyway. Yeah, yeah. It's that, That's why Cliff's one of my all-time favorite characters, because he's this tough exterior, but inside he's a real sweetheart. Hey, look at that. Mm-hmm. Mm. Back to normal size. And this is why. For a race, right? <laughs> <laughs> Willoughby's back. <laughs> Anytime they're in a scene together, I love it. Their, their chemistry is amazing. Mm, yeah, yeah. Yes, to try and make it right. Yeah, I, th- I should think so, Niles. Yeah. <laughs> Just the arrogance in Willoughby's face when he reaches his hand across and waggles his finger, <laughs> like, give me the pendant. It's like, oh my gosh. I know, I love, I love their relationship. They're like total, absolute frenemies. Yeah, yeah, supposedly yeah. friends, but also just, just so mean to each yeah, other. Yeah, yeah. I'm always wondering what Willoughby's doing when he's not in the show. Like, what's he up to in his spare time? That would be a great spin-off. <laughs> a lot of like criminal activity, magical criminal activity. <laughs> I think. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Gambling, girls. Yeah, yeah. A bit of drinking, you know. Yeah. Cliff's made his peace with the rats now. <laughs> it's probably hard, harder to feel good about killing them when you're bigger than them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> go, Rita, go. Go. I can't believe this leads to what it leads to in Sex Patrol. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, she did it. (laughs) That's that's one of my favorite seasons. It's just seeing seeing her grow in terms of using her powers. Yeah, yeah, not not thinking of them as a curse. Yeah, 
I know a lot of like um, I get a lot of comments on Twitter from people being like oh why hasn't she like during season one like why hasn't she done this why isn't she like a lasty woman kind of Mm. thing and my response is like well she's not a lasty you know she's really far and she's she's got a lot of like mental physical work Mm. to go through before she is able to kind of fully realize her power and I think that's what makes it like such a cool scene when you actually see her do this yeah yeah um, the payoff is huge when you see her kind of struggle to that point. And, and Rita with, yeah. the, uh, not Rita, Jane with the um, time for a change message again. And, uh, and she's falling back on old habits. Oh, Jane. <laughs> but it is running out. Yes. Yes. It's running out. Oh, Only sixty. Wow. When I was young, sixty seemed really old, but now it's not so old. <laughs> no, the older you get, it's like, oh, that's not that old. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, this is always a little bit patronising towards Dorothy. I feel. Mm-hmm. He's a bit no. like that with everyone, though. Niles is, yeah. Yeah, and I think this, once again, it's like, it speaks to his... Uh, I, I guess it's, it's kind of like more of a... More obvious and more, like, uh, I guess intense than how fathers usually feel about their daughters. Like, they want mm. them to stay little innocent girls. Yeah. Um, and yeah. with Niles, especially, he feels like this is the only way to kind of keep her and the world safe is to mm. kind of bolster this innocence and you know. yeah there's an inherent distrust in her own capabilities if she grows up yeah yeah, yeah. that is some nightlight <laughs> <laughs> No, not Herschel. <laughs> I love Herschel's a giant spider still. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Uh-oh. It's a real theme in this show, is that confronting uncomfortable truths, isn't it? Mm. Oh, absolutely. It's a very human thing. Yeah. I, I think that's what the fans love about it, that it's meant to be the superhero show, but there's such relatable human themes in there as well. So, yeah. yeah. It's not all just, hey, let's put on spandex and go and fight the bad guys. It's, <laughs> a, it's a lot more than that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that stuff is fun too, but, you know, why not? Especially with, um, I, I guess, with a lot of like Grant Morrison's um, mm. run of the of Doom Patrol, I feel like all those, all of these themes are kind of coming through. So it just made sense. Yeah. For the Doom Patrol. In the credits. When we'll see. No, Dorothy, we won't. Don't, don't tempt him. Ah. <laughs> 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 Uh, such such a great start! Wow. So, uh, 
thanks for that. I mean, uh, there's stuff I'd like to chat about. How did you get to LA and become, you know, this, like, it's an amazing achievement um, to go from oh. New Zealand to LA and become uh, writing. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, um, I, it always been my dream to, to go and, like, study at, at UCLA. Um, right. When I was, like, little, like, seven or eight, we came out um, to the US as a family. Um, on a holiday and my dad always like whenever we're on holiday he'd take me to like the local university or whatever um yeah. because, because education was always like a um super important to him very important to him so um i saw ucla and the campus and just like for some reason it stuck in my mind and i always wanted to come back and um and now you're stuck there yeah <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, with, I applied to do my master's in screenwriting at UCLA, um, after undergrad and, um, and I, like after an OE, um, yeah, I was ready kind of to do my master's, got in and, um, the rest is kind of history. I did two years of the master's program, graduated, um, and then a year out of graduation landed Doom Patrol. Nice. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah i mean even for me i i always feel like i'm so lucky um because a lot of people want you know like can dream of doing this and it's, mm. it's hard and it's like it's a long road and, and i feel like i got really lucky um not only kind of getting um getting out here and being able to stay here but also I got a great manager um, my second year of UCLA and he mm -hmm. is kind of who got me the meeting with Jeremy Carver. Okay. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> wow. Onwards and upwards there. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, you're doing a fantastic job. Take, take it from oh, some, from, from two very, uh, I don't want to say hardcore, but very, dedicated Doom Patrol fans. So, um, cause yeah, we've been, this is our sixth year of doing it. And the minute we heard about the show, we were just freaking out of our tiny minds. Um, and we get to do that. We get to do that again, every time we see a new episode. And it's like, I can't believe they pulled it off. I, I can't believe they got Mr. Nobody on TV. I can't believe they got Dorothy Spinner on TV. And oh, to, do so it, to, to do it so well. I mean, we, we knew there would be some sort of, um, uh, variances between the comics and the, and the TV. There always is with like source yeah. material and adapting it. Um, but the way it's been adapted and just the the world that's been built, it all makes sense and it works. And I'm just going to keep gushing at you for ages, Shoshana. So I'm going <laughs> to shut up now. <laughs> no, it's so good to hear. It's so good to hear. Um, I mean, I, as like a fan of stuff myself and just kind of, I, I, I imagine like when you heard the TV show was coming out, you're just like, a little bit tense as well, a little bit stressed out. A little bit, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, but yeah. Um, for sure, I can totally understand that, and it, it's good to hear that uh, we're doing a good job. And yeah, fantastic yeah. job! Tell everyone <laughs> on the show they're doing a fantastic. I will, job. absolutely. Like my my wife is still blown away that Candy from Three and a Half Men is Rita Farr. <laughs> <laughs> she still can't believe that. She's just like, how how good an actor is April Bulby if she can move yeah, from that to that? Amazing. So, Absolutely. yeah. And I always feel like if April Bulby can um, can act around Charlie Sheen, she can do anything. 
And yeah, and the the great thing about Outcast as well is not only are they so talented, but they're also just really nice, genuine people. Mm, yeah. Yeah. No like drama or anything on set. Like we we're so lucky with yeah. um, with them and how dedicated they are to the show. Mm. Yeah, that really awesome. makes it a, you know pleasure to do it as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, was there like any particular character like besides um, like Dorothy and Mister Nobody that you guys were like super interested to see we would do? Um, uh, beard Danny- Hunter. <laughs> Paul is a massive Beard Hunter fan. Uh, so. Well, he's very different. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, he's a very one-note Punisher rip-off in the comics, so, you know, there wasn't much to do with him, so it was interesting what you did with him. Oh, cool. Yeah, I love um, that actor. is so funny as well. He said a lot of what he he does is improv, and he's just so good at that. Um, yeah. 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 For me, it was probably, uh, well, any of them, but most especially Danny the Street. Seeing Danny yeah. come to life on, on TV, I, I, I keep saying this, it blew my mind, but it was done so well. And, you know, with the, um, all the street signs and just the, the, the Dannysons, you know, interacting on the street. Um, and then my favourite scene on Danny where Flex flexes the wrong muscle and they all um, yeah. <laughs> have, have that little incident and poor Cliff is trying to, you know, <laughs> catch up with the rest of them when he yeah. realises what's happening. He doesn't want to be left out. No, no. But, yeah, seeing, seeing Danny the Street on TV, um, yeah, that was... I, I think, for me, the minute I knew you guys were doing a great job was um, the opening scenes with, with Cliff and Jane... Uh, where Jane is mm-hmm. painting in the front yard and, and Cliff says, you know, come in out of the rain. And I went and looked at that issue in the comics. And I was like, hot damn, they've done it. Just in that <laughs> opening scene. I, I literally Yeah, that's one of my te- favourite yeah, scenes yeah. from the comics too. So. Yeah, I, I literally started tearing up. I was like, hot damn, they've done it. They've actually done it. If, if <laughs> they can get that tone right, you know, and everything else has just been fantastic from there on. So... Mm-hmm. So, but, but, but seeing Danny the street yeah, come to Flex life is really good huge. too. Yeah, Flex oh, is yeah, great. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, getting ahead, there's a beautiful scene with Dorothy and Flex in, in episode four, Mike. It's, it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's one of my favorites for sure. And, and the, um, Omar, the director, really brought kind of like a European um, look to the to the episode which i love it's so colorful and pretty yeah um so yeah it's really cool Mm. (laughs) do you have any interest in ever writing anything for the comics like if they did a asked you to do a short story or anything i would love to i was actually talking to jeremy lambert um who writes the yeah the new stuff yeah yeah um yeah, he's really cool. He's a, a friend of ours, and um, and I was talking to him about how I'd really love to do like an Ezekiel, um, comic. <laughs> <laughs> like a one-off thing, yeah. you know, the origin of Ezekiel. Yeah. Um, but obviously, like him and Gerard just kind of finished their um, their last yeah um, issue of the run. So, um, but who knows? Yep. Maybe another opportunity comes up. I would love to absolutely. I'd also love to um like I've got a episode a... five of season one with Jane and her backstory was so much fun. Mm-hmm. Um I'd love to revisit like mm. that punk world with her and stuff. Yeah, the uh, the punk scene. <laughs> oh yeah. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, they're surely going to bring the Doom Patrol comic back in some form. It just depends who does it and what it's in for. I mean, I'd love to see an anthology series, really. So, you know, just lots of different creative voices. We've had, um, you know, for a comic that so many people want to write, not many people get to do it. So. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'd love that. Yeah. All right. Well, um, thanks for your time. It's a pleasure to have us. Yeah. Do you want to just um, plug your Twitter and things like that? You've got an amazing Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Yes, you do. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) Um, Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at at Shoshana Sachi, S H O S H A N E S A C H I. Cool. Cool. And um, yeah, all the best with writing season three. Can't wait to see what's coming yeah. up. Thank you. I hope that you guys will enjoy it and hope that we continue to do a good job for you yeah. guys. I can't imagine you won't. So. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks so, so much, much for joining guys. us. Oh, of course. Thank you so much for inviting me. No worries. All Bye. right. Thanks, Shoshana. Now it's the part of the show where we do the mailbag of doom and mostly it's the responses to our question of the week and the last question of the week was not paul can't remember as it says on the script but what is your favorite anniversary issue of a comic favorite anniversary issue and we got uh, yeah many many responses so firstly mm. we heard from pop culture affidavit and they said three to add to this already good list so obviously this is in the wrong order but they said what is that? X Men. X Men One Hundred. Yep. Yes. Yep. Yep. With um, two, two teams of the X Men facing off against each other, with Professor X um, mm. looking upset in between. Yep. Detective yep. Comics Five Seventy Two. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Fiftieth uh, anniversary. Of, of yeah, yep. with um, Bat- Batman and Sherlock Holmes consulting mm. together, and GI Joe Fifty. Yes. Which is a giant size issue. Yeah, mm-hmm. so... Oh, so many. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we then heard from uh, Jonathan Dye at Changing Shades, and Jonathan said, Probably X-Men 25. It was one of the first ten comics I have ever read. A lot of characters I didn't recognise, and the ones I did recognise were beaten pretty thoroughly by Magneto, and also it had a hologram on the cover. Yeah, so... Uh, that was the Fatal Attraction storyline. Uh, where each of the, the X-Books, or the main ones at the time, had a nifty little hologram on, on each of the covers. So, yeah. Mm. Yes, back when holograms were green. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, we heard from Sean Ross from Secret Wars and Beyond, and he said, for me, it has to be Tales of the Teen Titans 50, the marriage of Donna Troy to the greatest hero in comics history, Terry Long. Mm. <laughs> yes. Nothing right. creepy about young Donna mm. marrying her professor. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, mm. this is a bit of Marv Wolfman avatar walking in that comic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we then heard from Martin Gray, at Mark Gray, and Martin said, pretty much any DC 80-page special of the 1980s adorned with the word anniversary. Detective 527, Flash 300, Wonder Woman 300, Superboy 50, World's Finest 300, but really, how can anything top Justice League of America 200? Mm, I mm. don't know. I've never mm. read that. I don't have a copy. I've never seen one in the wild. Yeah, same. Yeah, yeah. And my address is... <laughs> Now, if if we're going down this road again, just make sure it's Justice League of America 200, 
Okay, people, <laughs> just so you know, you don't order the incorrect comic based on Paul's advice. You know, Justice League of America. Don't know what you're talking hungry. about, Mike? Yeah, I look forward to the next Gary show. Anyway, mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we heard from Ryan Daly, who's um, who said Silver Surfer 200, which is uh, shows the Silver Surfer surfing amongst the uh, swirl of Silver Surfer comics and Fantastic mm. Four. Yes. Wow. Yes. Nice. Uh, Ranger Gord. Yes, yes. Uh, Ranger Gord at uh, RM Ranger on the Twitter said JLA100. Okay. I don't have that one either. My address is. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Jared Driscoll. He said um, Captain America 400 allowed me to read the story in Avengers 4 for the first time without paying a premium price to do so. I remember the days when you couldn't read old stories unless you owned them. Mm, yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. In the precedented times, yes, yes. Uh, mm. Moby One at Shmoby One said, "I have good memories of this one from Mumbles Behind Mask years ago." Uh, and he's talking, <laughs> he's talking about Flash issue three hundred, which was the twenty fifth anniversary of of the Flash. Nice. Yeah, with the Flash punching out all these rogues on the front and back cover. Mm. Mm, very cool. Uh, we heard from Slangword Scott, who said, Detect Comics 500. Look at that list of talent. So, yeah. yeah. Using that list of talent, it says Walter Gibson, Gina Mappero, yeah, yeah. Mike Barr, Carrie Bates, Alan Brennan, Dick Giordano, Carmine, Carmine Infantino, Joe Cubert, Paul Lovitz, Jose Luis Garcia Lopez, Walter Simonson, Bob Smith, Len Wein, and Tom Yates. Whoa. And uh, being a collector of Detective Comics, I don't have that one either. And my address is... No, never mind. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We then heard from Michael Bailey. uh, Podcasting's Michael Bailey at Bailey's Podcast. And Michael said, Action Comics 600. I know, shocking. It was not only my first Superman anniversary issue, but it was celebrating Superman's 50th birthday. Uh, My sister Mary got it for me on my 12th birthday, which was also Superman's birthday. Well, I did not know that. That's... Amazing. Yeah. Um, so Mike says, so I loves it. So that's very cool. Yeah. Oh. I have that one. That's, okay, um, so you don't need it. That's a good one. Yeah. yeah. It was right before it became Action Comics Weekly for 43 issues. Okay. Right. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, we heard from Dr. Ange, and he said, perhaps the toughest question of the week ever. I could, that's a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Thanks, Ange. Yeah. yeah. Part of me wants to say Justice League 200, one of the best comics ever, yes, mentioned before. But the real answer has to be Swamp Thing 50. It just blew my mind when it came out. Brilliant, heady, beautiful. It's a fingernail. Think of the aphids. The quote's from the issue. You you need to read it to understand. Um, A worthy ending to Moore's American Gothic. And bonus, Mento's brain gets fried. Yep. Yeah. Um, I'm giving that a clap. Yeah. I have that one. That's a good, good one. Okay, cool. Nice, nice. Uh, we then heard from Pod Dylan, the the, the Bob Dylan related podca- podcast. That's a Bobcast. Yeah, the Bobcast. Uh, and they chimed in with uh, Justice League of America 200 as well. So that's getting okay. a few votes, that one. Yeah. Mm. Mm. We heard from Sergeant America, who said, My brothers collected NAM, and that started my comics reading. So this one was my first anniversary, I remember, and added a, f- a fun recent book. So he's got. The Nam number, 
Oh, one and two of the NAM. And he's also got the Terrifics 25, which is really recent. So you read that, didn't you? I did. That was so much fun. That was like a, a choose-your-own-adventure in a comic book. And it was so cool. Ooh. So it, it, it allows multiple rereads, and you get to direct which way the story goes. And it was fantastic fun. Yes. I'm going to track that down in hard copy, I think. That looks very cool. cool. That's very cool. Yes. Cool. We then heard from Chris Lydon at Chris Lydon 7 on Twitter, and Chris said, I read the cover of this issue, and he provided us with a picture of Batman 400, another anniversary issue, um, with another wall of, of text in terms of names of the artists. It's like an intro from Stephen King, written by Doug Mensch, uh, illustrated by Art Adams, Terry Austin, Brian Bolland, John Byrne, Paris Collins, Mike Grell, Mike Kaluda, Carl Kiesel, Joe Kubert, Steve Leohola, Rick Leonardi, uh, Steve Lytle, Larry Marlstedt, Bruce Patterson, George Perez, Steve Rude, Bill Sinkevich, Ken Stacy, Tom Sutton, Ricardo Villagran, and Bernie Wrightson. Good Lord. That's a whole heap so just clarify, He said, I read the cover of this issue, or I read the cover off this issue? <laughs> Probably a little both, to be honest. <laughs> I would read the inside of the comic as well, Chris. Yeah. Just me. <laughs> yeah. uh, we heard from Dean Milburn at Milburn Dean, and he said, On the strength of the lead story alone, this would be it, but the whole thing is great. Close runners-up are JLA 200 and Superman 400, and he's got the Detective Comics 500 again. Nice. With all nice. those pe- other people. Mm, yeah. Nice, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh, we then heard from Maz at Mazinga 1978, and Maz said, Captain America 383, one of the first Cap books I bought, featuring multiple stories and an, and an incredible Ron Lim cover. Nice. Very cool. <laughs> uh, we heard from Doc Strange, or Billy Delicious. Uh, Billy, that's from the uh, Into the Weird podcast. And he said, mm-hmm. Avengers 200. And then he paused and said, uh, had a big laugh and said, I'm kidding. I'll have to think about this a bit. What's funny about Avengers 200? Is it bad? I... I- I don't, I don't know. know, and I don't think Billy ever got back to us. So chime in, Billy. Mm. Let us let us know. <laughs> uh, we then heard from Scotty Lamb at Scotty Lamb, and he provide. He said, uh, "Legion of Superheroes 300." He said, "I've got three copies of this just because everyone I see, uh, I become a kid again and forget that I already have it." <laughs> so it's like, wow, that looks like an awesome cover. I'll buy it. And then he's like, "Oh, okay, I've already got it." So, but yeah, that looks cool. Looks very cool. Well, Scotty, there's you got two spare. There's uh, Mike and me. Just mm. you know, okay. I've read that, but I've never, I've never um, owned it. So. Right, uh, I have neither owned nor read. So my address is no, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we heard from Todd Vanenhoven, and he said JLA two hundred, another one for JLA two hundred, with the mm. JLA fighting lots of other JLAs. Yes. JLA fight fest. Hero Punch, yes, yes. Uh, Tom Galpin, at Tom Galpin 1, said, uh, for him it has to be this one, uh, and it was the 25th anniversary issue of Amazing Spider-Man, so um, ASM 300. Um, so, mm. yeah. Todd, uh, Todd McFarlane cover, Black Suit Spider-Man. Yep. yep. Yeah. The number 300 nice. everywhere on the cover. Yep. We heard from Comic Foil, who said, I had been reading comics for a little over a year when my brother brought this home. This issues leading up to Fantastic Four 200 had the team separated and then coming back together before what I still think here is the best Doctor Doom story ever by Marv Wolfman and Keith Pollard. So, yeah, Fantastic Four. Mm, very cool. Our 200 issues, 17th anniversary spectacular. Wow. 200. 
200 ish. It's the 200. It's number 200. Yes. <laughs> yes, which is also its I'm 17th anniversary. <laughs> Are you okay, Paul? Quick, what's the number for 911? Uh, we then heard from uh, Richard Mantle, uh, who chimed in with Legion of Superheroes 300. So another vote for that one. Same same yeah. as uh, Scotty Lamb. Yeah. We heard from uh, Keith Drake, who said uh, Superman 400. So nice. Nice. Uh, another anniversary nice. one. Yep, yep. Yeah, lots of people involved with that one. Mm. Uh, Kirk Spencer chimed in with, uh, off the top of my head, uh, the answer is fantastic for 100. Okay. So earlier than, uh, than Comic Four's answer. Uh, we heard from Ken Raining, who said, hmm, probably Batman 400? Question mark? Let's say yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, agreed. Uh, we right. then heard from, yeah, yeah. Uh, Ivan A. Martin chimed in with Amazing Spider-Man 200. I'd only been collecting about 18 months when this came out. This was the first comic liked so much uh, that I bought a second copy of it. So, cool. Okay, big Spidey fan. Yeah. Spidey. We heard from Andrew Farrago AF. Um, and he said, My two favourites released within a few months of each other, right when I was really getting into comics. Spidey has the edge, though, but since it ends on a more upbeat note, while Superman goes out on a dramatic cliffhanger. So that's the Superman Action Comics 600 and the Spider-Man mm. two, uh, 300. Amazing Spider-Man yes. 300. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Uh, okay, this is where I think the voting almost gets rigged uh, at this point of the mailbag, <laughs> if it was a vote, because uh, we heard from uh, the MASH cast, uh, MASH 4077 cast, uh, which is a podcast all about the MASH TV show, and they responded with Justice League of America 200. So yet another vote mm, for that one. That's weird, we heard from the Film and Water podcast, and they also voted for uh, Justice League of America 200. Oh, did they? Yeah, they mm. yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we heard from um, someone called Rob Kelly Creative uh, at Kelly Creative on Twitter, and they said Justice League of America 200 as well. Interesting. Yeah. And then uh, a Digest cast, and another podcast suddenly listening to us, uh, said Justice League of America 200. Okay. Um, and then just to keep the theme going, uh, Treasury Comics. Um also chimed in with Justice League of America 200. Hmm. And then the Superman Movie Minute podcast chimed in with Justice League of America 200. Right. Um, and then Mountain Comics podcast, um, <laughs> which is from, uh, I think it's Fire and Water Presents Mountain Comics. Uh, they also said JLA 200. Um, um, yeah, and then the Aquaman Shrine said uh, Aquaman, <laughs> Justice League of America 200. Right, right. Uh, and then uh, finally we heard from the For All Mankind Super Friends podcast, um, and they also said Just League of America 200. Interesting. <laughs> it's it's like these are all run by the same person, these accounts. Mm, yeah, almost. yeah, maybe, maybe, almost, possibly. <laughs> Someone who does a lot of podcasts with, hmm, mm, likes this. Yeah. yeah, yeah, funny that. Hmm. Yeah. Well, you can send me one, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, Paul, what's your favourite anniversary issue? Oh, yeah, I have a great one. It's um, uh, <laughs> it's the Adventures of Superman 500. Oh, wow, okay. And you know what's special about that? That is the one that comes after the death of Superman when he comes back to life. Uh, it came in a Ooh. white bag with the, the red Superman symbol on it. 
But you know what's really special about that? What? It's got amazing talent all throughout, but in the back it has a letter by Paul Hicks. Yes. Wow, that that guy. Wow. (laughs) That's so cool. Yeah. High five. Okay. There we go. Thank you. Yeah, we we did it. And it's really hard to find (laughs) in back issue bins in America. No, it's not. It's everywhere. Oh, okay. Okay. Right. Well, there Mm. you go. What about you, Mike? What have you got an anniversary uh, issue that you like? Qualifies? I, I do, uh, but it's it's like you wouldn't know it's an anniversary issue other than to look at the number, uh, because it doesn't have any big banners saying it's an anniversary or you know any you know list of credits as long as a movie. Uh, but it is Detective Comics issue two hundred and fifty, um, which. 250 is is an anniversary number to me. That's you know that's a bit of staying power for any comic. Uh, it came out. Or a marriage. In... <laughs> yeah, 250 years of marriage. Wow, that that is staying power. Uh, it came out in December 1957, um, and the reason it's special to me is that it is the oldest comic book I actually own. Um, it is the 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 first single issue in my Detective Comics collection. Uh, wow. It, it, it has a story where basically some, you know, uh, gangster type guy c- comes across a crashed alien spacecraft and suddenly gets superpowers from it. So Batman and Robin are trying to figure out how to stop this superpowered gangster, basically. And then there's a, a story, a backup story with Martian Manhunter, uh, with Sean Jones, uh, where he basically has to pretend to be uh, sick and injured in hospital whilst also investigating the crime that caused him. <laughs> To end up in hospital. So it's it's a bit <laughs> wacky. It's got some cool old ads in it. It's got like, you know, a, an ad on the inside cover that reminds me of Flex Metallo, um, you know, the, the with the muscle building stuff. Um, it's just a very cool old comic and, and I love it. And it's one of my favourite comics. So yeah, there you go. Mm. Cool. Now, should, did we get anything else in the mailbag? Oh, yes, we got some emails or responses on our website or a bit of both or something like that. So we heard from Martin Gray and he said um, he was talking about our last episode where we talked to Riley Shanahan, the man inside the Robot Man outfit Mm -hmm. on the TV show. And he said, congratulations on a fantastic show. Having Robot Man guest is quite a coup. How did you manage that? Yeah, charm. Um, (laughs) What a lovely, smart chap Riley is. When was the last time someone used the word Copernican on the podcast? Uh, Copernican, just then. Um, mm. I love hearing his behind-the-scenes stories and what a terrific Brendan Fraser impersonation Riley does. I can't for the life of me come up with a reason as to why Riley and co-negative man Matthew Zook don't share a title card billing with Fraser and Matt Bomer, respectively. As Riley said, they were employed because they're actors. They aren't simply guys holding tennis balls against a green screen. This is 2020. Viewers aren't stupid. If we can accept an actor is playing a person with superpowers, we can accept the role takes two people to play it. It certainly doesn't sound like Mrs. Bomer and Fraser would have a problem with it. So, only five more com- comics to cover. Time to dive into the modern My Greatest Adventure Robot Man stories. We've done them, Martin. Yeah, yeah, we have. (laughs) And one more time, congrats to Mike and Kylie on the nuptials. May I be first to say, great Zeus, what a kiss. (laughs) Yes, the most. (laughs) Mars. Yes, what a kiss it was. Yes, yes. So, yeah, thank you, Martin. Yeah, we we have done the... uh, the modern Migrate's Adventure Robot Man story. 
I can't remember what episode it was. It was a while ago. But, um, yeah, we, we'll put a link up for you. Um, uh, we also got a comment uh, on the website from Tim Price, uh, who was also talking about episode 162 with Riley. And Tim said, that was awesome. Such a great interview. I loved it all the way through. Well done, my wedding for Doom. Well done. And then he also thanked us for um, helping promote his um, Outsiders podcast. So, and then he kind of <laughs> he got distracted by a squirrel or something as well in his other messages. So, yeah. And we also got a really long email from um, Scott Arthur uh, about the Patsy Walker um, little jinx confusion that happened in one of our answers to the question of the week. Mm. And he took us through the entire history of Patsy Walker and uh, also Little Jinx. And the conclusion was that there was no connection between the two and the, the someone got them conflated or something like that. But he did yep. respond about his favourite anniversary issue. And he said, I bought enough of them, but as a bronze baby, many of the titles I have the most emotional attachment to never made it to issue 100. Fantastic for 236, 20th year was good, but the cover overshadowed the story. 176, the 15th year, was normal length, but much more fun. After helping the Fantastic Four defeat Galactus in the previous arc, the Impossible Man is brought to Earth and wanders into the Marvel offices, where he wreaks havoc with various real-life writers, artists, and editors, realistically depicted by George Perez. Detective 500 has a lot going for it, but what I remember most is Walt Simonson, before taking over Thor, illustrating an old dark and stormy night script as it was written by Snoopy in an old Peanuts script. It really works just as well as a Batman story, which shouldn't have surprised me as much as it did. Uh, 4.382, 25th year, 300 issues with Thor and last Simonson script was pretty good. So was Wonder Woman 300, which not only provided an origin story for Kirby's 1970s Sandman, but allowed different artists to imagine variant versions of Diana through her dreams. Comics Journal 200 is worth seeking out, but it's not a comic book. <laughs> if nobody else <laughs> mentions Tales of the Teen Titans 50 with Donna Troy's wedding, put me down for that one. It missed the 20th anniversary of Donna joining the boys and using the team name by just a few months. Uh, but it was probably the last happy moment before the crisis. Thanks, Scott Arthur. Wow. Wow. Some uh, detailed responses there. You really thought that yeah. was true. Thank you, Scott. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Okay. Well, I think that's that's us pretty much done for another episode of uh, Waiting for Doom. So what are we go- coming up next time on the feed, Paul? I think it's time that we get around to uh, DCOCD Convergence. I'm going to do the Convergence episode. I've still got lots of reading to do, but it's um, on the way. But I think when Waiting for Doom comes back, we might do some Volume 5 again. We've only got a few to go on that, so it might be time to wrap that up. We we have three issues of Volume 5 to go. Mm. Mm. Uh, And do we have a new question of the week for the next Waiting for Doom, Paul? Yes, we do. It is, what is your favourite fictional acronym? Your FFA, oh. if you will. <laughs> that, that's just a new thing you've just invented. <laughs> is it? So, is it, Mike? I've never heard it before. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sure, sure. Alrighty, well, uh, on that note, uh, as always, you can get in touch with us via Twitter at WFD pod say hi to wilfred while you're there you can reach us via email at waitingfordoom at gmail.com or on the waiting for doom facebook page or our awesome site waitingfordoom.com so as always stay weird be good to each other don't be a crumb bum and we will catch you next time for more waiting for doom Everything.